Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. This is an episode all about Marvel on Disney Plus, the continuation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now in the new cinema, which is your living room. Thank you, coronavirus. So, yeah, I am Craig, your host over there. He is Ryan. Welcome, Ryan. Hey. And uh, on the couch over there, we've got Megan and Ken. Welcome, guys. Thanks. It's glad, glad to be here. Yeah. It gets us out of the house. Well, that's... Separate houses. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Separate houses. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Separate counties. Thank you. So, yeah, uh, before we get started on Marvel stuff, I'll just remind everybody, go to thelegendarium.com and check out uh, the old episodes that we've got posted there. Yes, I've got a lot of catching up to do. I'll go do that. But you can also find links to the Discord server where you can come hang out. Uh, chat with us and the rest of uh, the listenership. Gosh, we're closing in on a thousand uh, people on Discord, and it is—it still remains a wonderful and uh, happy part of the internet. I'm pleased to report. You can also at thelegendarium.com find a link to Patreon.com/legendarium, uh, or so you can go directly there, or you can click on the link on our website. It'll take you to the Patreon page. Now, I was saying on a recent solo episode that I did that I'm really glad that we uh, opted to go for a per episode version of Patreon. Mm -hmm. You can, uh, you know, you can set it up so that people uh, tip you per month or per project. Right. And so we yeah. went per project, which is great because July sucked as far as us getting stuff out. And so patrons didn't have to pay for that. So I, 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 I like that. Yeah, that's takes, considerate. Takes a little bit of the pressure off yeah. <laughs> when yeah. we, you know, when we have vacations and Jordan cons and all that. So anyway, I, I only mention that just so that uh, so the people out there will realize, hey, it's it's a, a buck in the tip jar for every episode that we make, not for uh, just sitting on our fannies. It's pay to play, not just pay. Uh, Ryan, I do want to just point out that I said fannies uh, on, a, on on into the microphone. I have I have grown up. I'm I'm an adult now. No. Nah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. False. False. That's false. Okay. So. Uh, like I said, we're talking about the Marvel, or sorry, the MCU on Disney Plus. So at this point, we have had three shows that have come out uh, this year. We're in 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Time they all is, blend time, together. Time now. is a flat circle. Mm -hmm. um, we've had WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Is it the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Just Falcon. It's just Falcon. Okay. And then Loki. Just Loki. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so those are the three we're going to be talking about today. Yes, spoilers will abound. So if you haven't seen these all the way through and you care about spoilers, then, you know, heads up, go ahead and watch the rest of the shows, but we will take them in discrete chunks. So if you're not quite caught up on Loki, don't worry. We're going to save that one to, to the end of the episode. We'll get there later. Uh, and then we'll spoil the crap out of it. Fair? Fair. Question. Question. Question for clarity for myself and potential audience members. Is Black Widow in this discussion? What do you guys think? Uh, well, it's not on. Well, I guess it, it is, is on Disney. It Plus. is on Disney. It is on Disney Plus, yeah. Plus isn't oh. it? Oh, because that's how I watched it. Yeah, I'm I glad would, I did. I, I say yes. Yeah. I refuse to pay the thirty bucks, but I did see it. So <laughs> I did as well. I, like my <laughs> no, question would be, if if we're five. asking, like, do we include it in this episode? Is it one that you'll be doing its own episode on? Because no. if not, we might as well discuss it. No, there's there. Yeah, to say that. Black Widow is of little substance would be giving it a lot of credit. Um, so wow. yeah, I, I think we can. I think we can go ahead and talk about <laughs> it. Judgment yeah. has been passed. Wow. 
I'm not saying there's nothing to talk about. There's just yeah, it's not it's much. hard to have a bottle movie where you're like, we're dropping this in the middle of a history we're already familiar with, so we have to explain why we don't see all of these characters again later significantly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yes, in answer to your question, we will go ahead and spoil Black Widow as well. Okay. I assume you know if somebody's uh, been want if if they care to listen to an episode like this, they're probably more or less caught up. Um, I would assume so. so. I would think so. No one's listening to us to find out if they should watch these. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. So, good. We should... That was a great question, Ryan. Uh, we should start, though, with WandaVision. Now, to give a little history, WandaVision... It, the pandemic screwed all this up. WandaVision was supposed to come out a while ago uh, in 2020 on Disney+, Plus, uh, but it didn't. And, you know, it was pushed back. The release date got pushed back. In fact, all these things got kind of scrunched together. It's amazing mm -hmm. yeah. how much 2021 content we're getting because of this. Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember when it was announced and the name was WandaVision. And I rolled my eyes. That is this. Like, oh, gosh, here we go. All right. We're OK. We're, we're being clever now. And, uh, uh, you know, and then they kind of started trickling out more and more information. And I was really excited for it. You know, the, yeah. the 50 sitcom feel and all that stuff like oh wow this seems awfully creative and it turns out it was super duper creative um and we'll we'll talk more about why and how but first i think we should send it to ken for the recap oh, i got recaps ken has recapped all of these everything so we're now two years from the events of avengers endgame where we lost the bulk of earth's mightiest heroes but like mr mouth himself once said we keep moving forward and like mama used to say just because we're setting the table doesn't mean we can't have a little fun and what better way to lay the groundwork for phase four than with the thinly veiled antagonists even more transparent big twists and lots of new characters that will certainly be important later that is pretty much all of these shows on disney plus but mm -hmm. Let's take them one by one. We start with WandaVision, where the new show, or the show opens up with Wanda and Vision. Ah, see that? WandaVision. Moving to their new home in a New Jersey suburb. No wonder she immediately wants to radically change it. However, we quickly realize it's all a giant, magically induced coping <laughs> spoken, mechanism. Spoken like somebody who's never actually been to the Jersey suburbs, right? It's yeah. very, very, very nice places, I'm sure. I'm sure. All right. However, we quickly realize <laughs> it's all a gigantic, magically induced coping mechanism for Wanda to process her grief before she can truly move forward. But her massive display of power draws the attention of 300, a 300-year-old 300 witch who wants to claim Wanda's power for her own. It was Agatha all along. Can't get it out of your head. It also gives oh, us... I, I literally had gotten it out of my head. Welcome, I, welcome back. <laughs> then you invited Ken. Yeah. Exactly. Why are you... Never mind. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I'm not. I know. <laughs> it also gives us a couple new future superheroes in Monica Rambeau and the very creatively named White Vision. In the end, we get a mentally stabilized and very powerful Scarlet Witch on a spirit quest that might or might not end up well for the upcoming multiverse. We'll see her later. New hero count three... Or five, if you believe that Wanda will find a way to more permanently resurrect her non-children, which of course she will because they were in the series. That's WandaVision. Did you guys ever see the, um, <laughs> there's a, a Red Letter Media video. It's about four or five minutes long and it's titled, you can go look it up on YouTube. It's called No One's Ever Really Gone. Yeah. And they put yeah, it yeah. out when, uh, when the uh, Rise of Skywalker After trailer After the trailer for Rise of Skywalker, yeah. And it's just four minutes of them saying, no one's ever really gone, cut over a montage of Star Wars deaths. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the funniest <laughs> videos I've ever seen in my life. It is, I, I highly recommend it. No one's ever really gone. That is the mantra, right? Yep. Oh, of, they, of, uh, the they can make 
they can make a, a recap or a, a, they can reprise that for the entire MCU now that there's a multiverse. Spoiler alert, there's a multiverse. It's not really, I mean. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, so Ryan, thoughts and feelings on WandaVision. Wasn't sure exactly what to expect other than I knew they were, this is the first step into a new direction for phase four. Um, but I enjoyed the creative take of the uh, TV sitcom pieces and the more that they explain her reasoning for using that as a coping mechanism. Uh, really just impressed. I loved the shooting of it and the uh, homages to very specific TV series uh, that were early on. Um, and, I, and later on, right? It wasn't just the early ones. Yeah, they, yeah, like, they, they got, got to, like, through Malcolm in the Middle. They and, got into the 2000s. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I mean all those and they were all very well done and they're very on point. If you know if you watched any of those shows, you recognize it immediately. Um, as for moving the MCU forward or kind of introducing things, it was it, it did introduce some concepts, but it didn't really do anything concrete uh, in my opinion of like to say like oh yeah this is where we're going and that's fine. It's it it your step one. We don't need to know every you know we don't need to know the big bad. We don't need yeah. to know everything. We just need to know that something is going on and start get pointing us in the right direction. Yeah. WandaVision is appetizers. It, it really is. If I mean, if this is a three-course, I don't know why I'm, I'm on food and this whole analogy, you, you know, with the table setting in it. I, I must not have, but, <laughs> but it really, I mean, WandaVision is appetizers, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the main, it's not even the main course, but well, Loki, Loki is like the second main course and dessert. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Megan, what, what about you? What do you think of WandaVision? Just broad strokes. Uh, I think WandaVision, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, like you, Ryan, just really enjoyed finding all of the homages and the love letters to these bygone eras and their style of storytelling and TV making and kind of being able to pick out, oh, that's Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, that's Modern Family. Oh, you know, just kind of fun little things like that. I also thought the music in it was brilliant and it just made me so happy every time they came up with a new theme song. And, and the mood and every well in the commercials everything about it was just charming and I, it was it was nice to be able to spend some time with Wanda and Vision because they kind of have been around on the fringes yeah of the movies for a really long time they were important but we didn't really get to know them so it was nice to be able to get to know them and see them as a couple and have a chance to care about them a yeah it was kind of like they were they were almost like the central romance of the mcu yeah and that was never they were like the one happy couple examined yep and we never got a chance to explore and it's really kind of the opportunity for that and um the two the two actors i mean are really elizabeth olsen elizabeth and paul, olsen, bettany. paul bettany they're so fantastic both of them are so funny they're so charming they're great actors both of them and the chemistry that they have on screen i mean I, I, it's not much in terms of story related or where it's driving the universe forward, but I think all of the, there are so many production aspects or production production elements of this show that I just loved. Yeah, yeah. So, so hear your thoughts, I, Megan. that was, like I said earlier, when this thing was announced, I rolled my eyes at the name and then I started to get a little more intrigued with the, the uh, I guess the images that were coming out of yeah. them in their 1950s black and white stuff. And when the show actually came out, I was blown away. Because if there's one thing that the MCU generally, over since 2008 is when Iron Man came out, so, you know, 12 years mm -hmm. plus, the one thing that, that got diluted more and more and more uh, was creativity. It, they, 
started to develop their formula for how the movies would go, how the, the arc of the MCU was going. And then this thing came along that was totally creative, totally out of left field. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're actually trying yeah. this thing, you know, whatever it was that episode. Uh, this is amazing. And they give you these little hints, you know, through the first, the second, the third episode, these little hints that there's something going on. There's there's a reason they're acting out these uh, sitcoms. And we don't know what it is. And as the season progressed and we got further into the, uh, is it S.W.O.R.D. now that's sword dealing with them? Is, yeah. So it's the, not S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore. It's S.W.O.R.D. that's, dealing, well, whatever. Okay. Because <laughs> this is a comic book. S.W.O.R.D. Um, is supposed to be the S.H.I.E.L.D. for like outer space yes, stuff. Yes. No, yeah. I, there I, you go. Oh. So anyway, um, the more we drifted toward that storyline, the more I didn't care about the show. Yeah. yeah. Be- does that make, like, it was, it was, um, I've seen this for 12 years. I haven't seen that. Let's go back there. I want to see yeah. more of yeah, that. Yeah, we've thing seen that I the government seen. is treating us badly. Let's let's more spend more time with, you know, why is all of this happening in the way that it's happening? Right. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan, what do you think? Uh, is that fair that I got a little bit fed up with the the outside the town stuff? I mean, yeah, that's completely understandable, and there there is a formulaic sense to a lot of what's been created. But at the same time, I would say, yeah, this is a comic book movie. They're going to do what comic books do in these <laughs> things. Like, it, I understand, especially a fair of 12 years going through and getting kind of similar pieces. I can understand, yeah, give me something different. I'm, I'm ready for something different. And when you get a taste of it, wanting that to continue. But ultimately, I mean, I, I'm... I don't have a problem with them revisiting those formulas. Right. Well, let me ask you guys this question. Uh, I can't claim to be, uh, you know, the world's foremost connoisseur of sitcoms, but I have many favorite sitcoms. And so part of the pleasure of the Wanda side of the of WandaVision, uh, the, the, the fake sitcom version, was the pleasure of going back and seeing some of these uh, styles, mm-hmm. uh, you know the, these wonderful love letters to that style of TV. Do you guys have? Are are you sitcom people or yes. are you yeah. more drama people? No, I'm a sitcom person. What I found is interesting is that they took all of this time to create the world. They had all the sets and all this wonderful casting and stuff. The storylines that they actually did in each of the weren't actually really that interesting for the most part. Like it was kind of the the thinnest, barest, which you know, like, isn't, but isn't have, that the essence of a sitcom? Though, I mean, go back and of, go back and watch sitcoms from it, the '60s, from the '70s, right, from the '90s, and it definitely highlighted how whenever something strange did happen, you know, they're in the middle of dinner in that first episode, and odd things happen, and everybody goes, "Wait, what? Why is it like it was? It was more uncomfortable in that way where you're like, "Wait, why did things just get serious?" Because I just, I don't know, I just. I the the way that it came out where it was just one episode at a time you really had to trust Marvel to say something good is coming it's not just going to be like some rehash of something we've already seen which you know as a nostalgia person that's great but also it's kind of like but Marvel I always feel like has just a tiny bit more substance to it and the first couple of episodes is like nothing really happened except for like that one weird moment and so I, I feel like this was one where the audience had to put in a lot of trust. And I know a lot of people who said, yeah, I watched like the first two episodes and 
I just didn't get it and I wasn't really interested in like, well, you have to get to like episode three and four because that's when they start explaining what's going on. But if you're just not up for that, then you're not up for that and you miss yeah. viewers. Well, Ryan, sitcom person? Uh, yes, I am. But I, we have the benefit of hindsight now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if, I, if I'm sitting in the writer's room, the planning room for this, your first few episodes are going to be that way because of the context in which you've put their creation. It is her coping mechanism. Right. She is not in a place to be giving you great in-depth sitcom pieces. It's part of the reason that like they started in the time frame that it did when it was very simple. She's barely holding things together as it is. Okay. She's created this like giving her more time. She needs more complexity as time goes on because she's having to deal with these other realities sneaking in. Yeah. And it's easier to do that in a 90s sitcom than in the 50s sitcom. So the slow progression of things, if you put it in the context of her mental breakdown, it makes sense. But as a viewer in the first few weeks, yeah, it's like, okay, you know, dinner party with the boss. It's very 50s-esque. Yeah, we get it. It, it, it fits in there. Mm-hmm. But it's not really progressing. It's not a deep storyline or plot point. Right. But it fits inside of the context of her story, her long-term story. And that's, I can guarantee you with Marvel, because of the way they've uh, they've structured everything, they are looking at the long-term story of these things and are willing to let you have a few episodes earlier or, or in the middle that are not quite as deep or they're not going to flip everybody on their on their head because they know in the long term these few dominoes need to go in this place and this is where they're going to be. Sure. And this is this is I, why I'm I'm sorry, Megan. I'm really glad that the MCU is doing TV now because I don't need everything to be novella length. That's basically what movies are, mm-hmm. right? Translated right. In, into literature, these are novellas. Um, and, and I want some time to breathe, some time to live with the characters a little bit. And TV allows you to do that. And it also allows what I was talking about before for the writers to be creative. Why are we doing this? Because it's fun. And because we have eight episodes to work with to, to tell a pretty simple story. Right. Um, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's a potentially simple story. Um, and it, so I, I like that it's on TV now and, and I, I have that chance to breathe. Well, to be fair, there have been Marvel TV shows on TV for quite a while. True. But these are the first ones that are planned to be a part of the MCU where they're planning for that to bleed into the other movies and things right. that are coming out as opposed to having a standalone the Netflix like, stuff. Yeah, well, like the well, Netflix stuff are Shield, like uh, oh, Agent yeah. Carter, yeah, those Agent kind Carter. of things that I loved that I wish were canon but, you know, don't really... They are canon. Have well, a lot to inform. They no, are everything canon. Is canon. Jarvis from Agent Carter totally shows up in Endgame, which makes me so happy. They're canon. It's the direction of effect that's different. Mm-hmm. Originally, Marvel said when they were working with Netflix and working on those other ones that the direction of effect would always be one directional. Mm-hmm. The movies would affect the TV series, but the TV series were working on a scale that would not affect the movies other right. than maybe an Easter egg here and there. Now we flipped that where it says, no, we're going to include this in the storytelling modules because what we're engaging on what we're going to go into next is going to require that much land to tell yeah. the story. Mm-hmm. We've taken the TV series off of the ground level and we've put them into the bigger picture. Does it bother you that those TV shows, I mean, obviously we have all paid for Disney Plus, but it's now under behind this paywall where it's like, you have to get Disney Plus if you want to keep up with it. Whereas before, all it was was the price of a movie ticket to be able to keep up with all of it. No. No. Not so much? Okay. doesn't bother me mainly because there was no way I wasn't going to get Disney Plus anyway. True. 
Ditto. So. Yeah, I've got I've got two kids, five and eight. Disney yeah. Plus is a necessity at our house. All I so. know is that there are more than one families using my Disney Plus account, <laughs> which is legal. I looked up the terms of the agreement, they, so it's fine. They give you seven accounts. You can fill oh, them however well, then you I'm want. I'm way under that. Yeah, you can fill them however okay. you want. Um, okay, so should we consider? Is is there more to say about Wandavision without getting into the other two? Uh, should we start talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh, or is there anything else about this? Uh, oh, you know what? Actually, I do have one more thing. The ending. We should talk about the ending of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. The, oh, yeah. the, uh, the twist. It was, what's her name all along? Agatha. Agatha. It was Agatha all, all along. Um, we should mention that, what's her name? Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn is a national treasure. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Who should, when, when she dies, her body should be donated to science. And by science, I mean the, the museum. You know, the Smithsonian in Washington, okay. D.C. Uh, no, she's fantastic. I love her. Um, and she's just as good as she always is, if not better, in this role. So, yeah, she's lovely. Um, as soon as they cast her, I was like, well, she's the villain. <laughs> yeah. She has to be yeah, the yeah. villain. But uh, but the, the ending. So we should talk about the ending. The ending is she was the bad guy all along. She was the next door neighbor. Turns out she yeah. was the one orchestrating all of this. Um, and then the final episode, this was the it was the kind of culmination of the feeling that I was talking about before where it was like, what what happened to the creativity? I missed the creativity. Because the final episode was, I'm a bad guy. Hey, oh, well, we're good guys. Let's fight. You know, laser beams. Pew, pachoo, pachoo, pachoo. And that was the that was the end of the this incredibly creative exercise was kind of the same thing that we'd seen through the MCU all the way through. Hey, yeah. Fair? Unfair? Ryan, you look contemplative. Mm-hmm boiled down in that sim- in that way of saying it yeah i understand that i that's not how it ended though they yes they were shooting at each other there was a fight sequence you usually end these things on a big fight sequence uh but it was a manipulation and mastery of her coming to understand her powers and is that she's finally able to flip things and uh you know yeah it was projected i'm not saying that it was a big twist or turn you know surprise there but her whole she's turned her whole uh, city into a place that only she can do magic at the very end by putting the runes in the mm-hmm. X walls and yeah. you know she flips she takes this lesson that she's learned and flips it on and beats the bad guy using this this trick um, it it's it's a way to showcase the character's uh, development and growth and also in a not really retconny way but in a way to explain why Scarlet Witch isn't as powerful as she, or actually introduced the character of Scarlet Witch, because she's never been Scarlet Witch until this moment. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's a way to showcase uh, her coming into her full power, because they've always talked in the past that, yeah, Scarlet Witch is strong enough. She could have just smashed Thanos herself. And it's like, well, why didn't she then? Um, same thing with uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. They're strong enough. They could do it themselves. Well, now we're, we're realizing now because of this, that she's not Scarlet Witch yet. She has the powers, yeah. but this is what's finally bringing her into her full power, her full ability. And that's what that finale, it's not about the the punch, punch, beat the bad guy. It's about her finally coming to grips, being willing to let go of and deal with the pain. And that has allows her to open up and fully accept her role as Scarlet Witch. So totally, well, yeah. totally fair. I, it, but it doesn't answer my complaint because I feel like she could learn those lessons. There are other ways to do that without the pachu pachu punch 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 uh, finale. So, okay. so I, I, your point is absolutely well taken. But I guess 
for something that was so creative, it was a very bland way to get her there. Okay. All right. So there you go. She, well, but at the end, like she is reaching her resolution. So it's kind of just the resolution of everything else. I feel like the creative ending there is her getting to say goodbye to Vision and her kids. And then she goes off on her own to like actually learn how to be the Scarlet Witch and learn how to get her kids back. To the is how cabin I in Montana that all superheroes go to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to the Unabomber cabin. I, I will the say. The cabin. While I was disappointed by the lack of creativity, I did find the emotional beats in the finale uh, pretty effective. So, yeah, I, I like that moment. Um, I also just felt a lot of joy during WandaVision um, that they brought back a couple of characters I really liked, like Agent Wu. Yeah. Makes me yeah, so yeah. happy. Darcy. And Darcy. Oh, okay. Can we, uh, sorry, can we talk about Darcy real quick sure. for a second? Do you uh, hate her? No, no, you... no, no, not at all. I'm just, uh, so I've been, I was telling these guys before we started recording, I've been going back through the MCU. And so she shows up, of course, in the first Thor movie. This is what, 2009, maybe? Something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. She shows up in Thor. She's the intern to the astrophysicist, uh, Natalie Portman's character, whatever, Jane. Jane Foster. Jane Foster. So Darcy is the intern, and uh, she was the only applicant. And, <laughs> you know, what, what, she, what was it? Uh, she's a political science major. You know, she's not even a, a, a quote-unquote scientist. She, she does political science, right? And that's the joke, is that she has no idea what's going on around her. This is totally over her head, whatever. And now, now twelve years she's, later, she's beyond a genius. Like Jane Foster can eat her dust, right? There, this woman knows everything about everything, and is is the one who comes up with all the theories. Like, oh, here's here's what I think is going on. I just, you know, I didn't even remember. Uh, listen, I've been watching the movies since then, and so it had been years since I'd seen the character of Darcy. But even I remembered, like, that's not, that's not right. That's not that character. Uh. Is that, was that not weird to you guys? Or, Ryan, you're just shrugging like, who cares? It's a comic book movie. I love it. I'm they along punch for the ride. And I'm happy. No, it's, uh, there's time has passed. The people that she's been with, the experiences she's gone through, I'm okay with her having new knowledge at this point. <laughs> okay, that's like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in the MCU, yeah. it's, what, 15 years later? I don't know. A long time. Something you're, it's, but there's, like, there's like, it, like there's that. a difference between I read a book to I'm freaking Einstein. Well, like, there's a difference also between being like, I read a book and I went on a Rosen on the whatever the Rosenbridge, the, <laughs> the Einstein Rosenbridge. Yeah. I've, I've been on there. I've <laughs> the been Einstein around Rainbow Thor, Bridge. I've, I've done all these things. Like, and she, I don't remember her. I, I would need to go back and rewatch WandaVision, but I don't remember her like really shouting out a ton of theories or anything other than to say she found the frequency. She f- spotted something. This is weird. And she found the frequency, brought it into the TV, and then just was watching it along going, okay, this, and then just kind of pieced it together from there. It was a natural progression. I don't have a, I don't, I, know. I don't have a problem with it. I get that she's a character. She's a named character. And all of the sword scientists are not. But they're the ones who would discover the frequency. She's not the one who'd be like, well, let me put the frequency is this one. I know exactly what's going on. Come on. I was, sorry, that was dumb. I think I enjoy the fact that you put way more thought into this than anybody I know combined. <laughs> Certainly more than that writer's room. Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, I'm starting to uh, get Ryan's blood pressure rising. So uh, we should probably. I don't think you are. He looks no. pretty chill. 
I've, no, I've, I, I, I always know. I always know because I, out of the corner of my eye, I can start to see him fidgeting in his chair a little bit. I'm adjusting for a camera over here. <laughs> no, it, here, I learned a lesson. I'll, I'll say I learned this uh, like a month ago or something, and it really, it's, it's adjusted my perspective. And of course, it came from the Star Wars universe. Obviously. Um, Naturally. <laughs> uh, as we were watching, I think I was watching Bad Batch, something like that. Uh, this is mythology. Star Wars is mythology. Marvel is mythology. We don't get 50 individual stories. We get Hercules every time. Like, you get these characters. And so that's why the worlds feel small. That's why things that is because it's mythology. That's how right. it works. So that's soapbox off to the side for future use. Okay. We'll All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier because uh, we've been going for a hot minute already just on WandaVision. That's because uh, it was so good. It was. You know. Okay. Maybe that'll be my last thought is I did enjoy it. I, I have my complaints, and I often air those on the podcast because that's more fun. Uh, but I did enjoy it. I had a good time with yeah. it. Um, it's just an enjoyable so, series. Yeah. All right. Ken, so. uh, hit us up with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All right. So while Wanda goes through... Wait. Yeah. While Wanda goes through Mystic Grief Counseling, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is more about career advice. Sam is still tracking down that bit-rate bad guy while avoiding taking up the big promotion literally handed to him by everybody's favorite Boy Scout. So when a bunch of super serumed up refugees with an axe to grind and a point start making trouble, the government hands the job to cut-rate poor man's unstable Steve Rogers, who immediately makes them regret it by killing somebody. He'll land on his feet, though, because Lane Bennis has got a sweet, sweet job offer for him. And on the side... Over there, Sam talks Steve's other best buddy into uh, putting a hold on his brooding to help them track down the bad guys by breaking a criminal mastermind out of Max security prison, because that makes sense. And with the help of a former agent turned criminal mastermind, that actually does make sense. We'll get into that. But um, not Steve's failure gives Sam a second shot at becoming the man, which he does with a fancy new shield and a fancy new suit. Also, Bucky's in this show. They really should have called it Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All right. They, they did. Yeah, but it's like... He he has he has Falcon in all caps. Falcon and the afterthought. And the That's Winter Soldier is it. all in lowercase. Thank I, you. Yes, I, all right, new hero count at least four. Uh, who who's our who are our new heroes? Well, we got we got uh, U.S. agent. That's what he's going to be called. Anti hero and anti hero. It's I, hero is a loose term for are you somebody ta- are you who's talking about power. the guy who replaced Steve. Yes, okay. uh, and I can't ever remember John something is his name. I can't. Walker. Ooh, John Great. Walker. Thank you. Great I keep actor. Going. Oh yeah, I keep wanting it's, to call him Wyatt Russell because Kurt he's Russell's Kurt Russell's son, son. right? Yeah. And uh, and he is fantastic. Uh, John Walker, who becomes an antihero in the comic books too. Anyway, um, Zemo, who is now f- fresh out of prison and on the run someplace. Um, th- there were two others. Dang it! Oh, uh, Batroc the Leaper, who was the guy who uh, Sam was tracking oh, yeah. down in the first uh, scene of the first episode. He was also in in Captain America. Uh, right, he fights, the him, on the, on the, he fights on him on the boat. boat. Yeah. yeah. So Batroc the Leaper is just some kind of... Wait, is that the French guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep. I thought he was killed at the end. Mm-mm. I watched it again yesterday. Who got killed? It doesn't matter. Continue. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Sharon Carter is back. So yeah. and she's got she's got an axe to grind and nefarious intentions. Excuse so. me while I snore. <laughs> so, okay. That's a great segue. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> I have a confession to make. Oh, uh, good. I never finished it. Really? Yeah, no, no, no. I just, I got, I think, halfway through the third episode, maybe. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember back. Probably about as far as I got before. It's, it's not like I threw my hands up in disgust or whatever. I just got bored. Yeah. It's so boring. This is the, the show <laughs> that so I had the most boring. hope for. I love Captain America, Falcon, these kind of characters that are like, 
basically still human, but kind of to an advanced degree and who fight more on that ground level. These are my kind of superheroes. These are the guys I love. Falcon, one of my favorites, just because he's a guy who flies and fights crime. Who doesn't love that? Well, a, so, wait, you know, so, so you gave up before the Dora Milaje showed up? I don't know what that means. So The fighters from Black Panther. Yeah, sure. The women soldiers. Probably. <laughs> so good. Um, I might have slept through it. I don't know. But um, Ken, earlier in the episode, you were saying you were comparing these to these to courses and this is right. like the main course of the three things we're talking about and yeah, yeah. i think that fits really well because this is the most mcu thing yes mm -hmm. that we're talking about yeah um it felt like a I, captain america movie and captain america is not really a humorous person and so it just kind of was like but his movies very yes. but his very, movies are great his movies yeah, are very the best political, movies of very the MCU. but but that's the thing is well, it it kind of turns political and a little bit preachy and not well so okay and, and super let's, over the top, let's but talk it does about get, that it does get slow and snorry let's talk about that it was okay just in terms of it being M mcu boring or you know uncreative let's, right let's say um it it did get preachy and political but the problem with it is and yes we are going to acknowledge the existence of politics here so uh, you know trigger warning i guess um it it got preachy in and political in a way that was oh i don't know 30 40 years too late like it was oh uh, yeah no yes and no are you talking about the whole captain america can't be a black man thing no well it, it was more like I, I the thing i'm thinking of most is the, the old scene, super soldier no the scene in the bank oh 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 uh, oh. where where falcon can't get alone uh, but the guy wants his autograph right yeah just some weird stuff where it's like yeah this is th this would have been relevant a generation or two ago but disagree hard disagree okay go for it um it is still something that we deal with today like uh, not me obviously sure this. um we're talking about i'm talking about I'm, I'm not talking about what does or doesn't happen in the real world i'm talking about um like as a piece of pop culture um this would have fit much better no. uh, a generation or two ago this is my i think my biggest issue with Falcon and Winter Soldier is that in hopefully 20, 30 years from now, people are going to look back and go, they really needed that. That's really the story that like, it's very much rooted in our time right now and the stories and the discussions going on right now. I, yeah, it is with Black Lives Matter movement, with all these things going on. This is a story that is being told to the audience that is listening right now based on the, the world around us, the environment around us. And it becomes even more more apparent as you get in further into the story and they introduce the black super soldier that was hidden away um be because they wanted steve rogers uh, right. to be the front yeah that guy was interesting like, yeah it's like okay so we have this other story here and it's like this is and he has his whole discussion with sam it is this series had a was tough to watch it was, mm -hmm. yes it was dull it had some dull moments in there Part of that being, we're not connecting to the storylines in here. They're not storylines that we're used to. Uh, we don't have the same connection to them. It's right. This is all my personal thing. Like, I'm not gonna say that this is. Bring somebody, bring back that soapbox. Where'd it go? Yeah, right here. Uh, these storylines, I feel similar to. I felt similar to this as I did when I back when they first released uh, Luke Cage, um, a mm -hmm. while ago. I watched the first couple episodes and went, I'm not the audience for this, and never finished it. I started Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier, and went, maybe I'm not the audience for that, this one. That's okay. Continue to watch through to get story pieces and realize these are storylines and things that I feel like 
I need to hear and be aware of. And I can judge based on my own understanding from my own uh, relationships with uh, people of color and other things. How, how real is this? How real is this now? How prevalent is this? How much does this resonate right now? And why does this matter? And so that's like, that's why like, you know, the initial few episodes, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. Um, but pushing through, trying to understand, trying to be empathetic to the stories and trying to understand why it might be something that we need to hear now or why it might be a story that needs to be told now. Mm-hmm. And that to me is why I think this series ultimately is it for me, it's not one that I'm like really excited to run back in and watch again or anything like that. I wasn't drawn into, uh, into that, but I do think that it's going to have longevity in the stories being told until it does that story doesn't need to be told anymore. Right. One of my favorite things that I enjoyed about this series was that, um, was the explanation was the exploration of a man does not need to have this super serum to be like an amazing fighter, a good man to be able to protect the people around him because uh, Sam never takes the serum. Yeah. And then you have John Walker and he takes the serum and immediately after he totally gets his butt kicked by a whole bunch of female soldiers. And his comment at the end of it is they weren't even super soldiers like, yeah, other people are just really good at their jobs and don't have to rely on something like that. And it's one of the things I like about Sam. It's one of the things I like about Hawkeye and um, Black Widow. They're not superheroes. They're just, they've trained really hard. They're just really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're and just I kind heroes of, that are super. Yeah, I, they're just, they're super awesome. Yeah. Um, but I like having, kind of having that in my mind where I'm like, obviously I am not one of those, I do not have those skills, but I can work really hard at things and I can be like. It's why everybody I can loves grow Batman. as a human. Yeah. Yeah. He's a normal guy with an awesome suit and a, can, lot money. and a lot of other money. Other than the money, you can usually connect with the human and superhero and yeah. see, your, see yourself in it. You can see yourself in Black Widow, in Hawkeye. You can see elements of yourself in a Steve Rogers, but it's you're missing the super serum piece. And yeah. I did love that the one of the main questions that was asked throughout the series was, if you could take the serum, would you? And realizing that, because all, that was the question back in Captain America, the first Avenger, that was, it wasn't asked that way, but it was, we need to find someone who we can put this in because it's going to amplify who they are mm-hmm. and it has yeah. to be a good man. Uh, yep. And so Good we knew, becomes great, bad becomes worse. Yeah. yeah, it's just an amplifier. That's all it is. And so that's why I think the John Walker storyline, uh, when you parallel it to Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers was Captain America and is everything that he was because of the man he was before the super ser- soldier serum. And then he became, you know, the amazing man, America's ass, all those things. Yeah. Because like, he knew what it was like to be weak and he was still a good man and he still yeah. fought for everyone and the things that was right. He could do it all day. And I think that's going to be one of the things if they decide to follow the John Walker story further down, like because he's being pulled into what I feel like is going to be the counter Avengers. Like it, this. It's going to be the, yeah, the, the anti hero Avengers. It's going to be the Suicide Squad. The, of the, the, Marvel the Marauders or the, um, not the Marauders, uh, the Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers or whatever they call them. Um, but yeah, he, they're, they're already setting it up. They're, they've got their dark hero, Captain America. They've got their dark hero, Black Widow. They've got, you know, they're going to have, you know, yeah. one for each of them. A young Avengers being led by a very different type of Nick Fury yeah. type setup. But I think there's a lot of uh, potential exploration for him uh, in dealing with that. I'm not Steve. He already dealt with it a little bit here. I'm not Steve. Am I a good person? When he gets put into positions, like, because his military service, everything else that he was doing, like 
he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he wasn't the same pure that Steve was. We're talking about Sam or we're talking about John Walker? John. Yeah. John Walker specifically. Because they make a very big point uh, early on in the series to talk about his military service, right. what he's able to do. And he never, he's not glorifying in the, you know, a lot of times in those scenarios, it's, we've got a decorated war hero and he loves death. He loves killing things. That's how you get Punisher and people like that. Right. And he's not that guy. No. No, he's, he was a modern day Steve Rogers, but he's not as pure as Steve is in intention and purpose. Right. Is it, it, could we have a modern day Steve Rogers or is that something that, that died generations ago? What do you think? A modern day Steve Rogers, unfortunately, I feel like right now would be, uh, they would, he would not be allowed to exist or would be constantly beaten down, uh, for, the idea of being, we live in a time when there's a really big push for understanding the gray area in life. And Steve is very much a, a, a black and a white, black and white mm-hmm. type, uh, understanding of good and good and evil and doing the right thing. And unfortunately, well, I'm not going to say unfortunately. In I our, will. I our, will. <laughs> in our current uh, setup, that mentality is not appreciated quite the same way. Mm-hmm. Um that it could be yeah yeah i i just i i am with you i'm with you on that that we was... reward cynicism in our culture and uh you know and i think um it's always good to be analytical to you know constantly be reconsidering not just what you believe but why you believe what you believe and all yeah. those things like that's all great but uh but for whatever reason and i'm sure there are many many reasons uh we've drifted we've taken that and drifted onto the path of cynicism as a culture and we ridicule those who say there is such a thing as good and there is such a thing as evil Uh, and that's too bad Mm -hmm. so yeah it'd be very difficult i think to find a legit steve rogers type for like like that's why they had to make the first captain america movie in freaking world war ii because you couldn't have that yeah believably the the possibility of a steve rogers died when twitter was invented exactly (laughs) oh exactly well if if you take kind of a flip side of a coin um, I'm taking it in a different direction. Are you okay with that, Ken? Do what you want. Okay. Do, you... do whatever. Okay. You sound <laughs> like you had something you wanted to say, but I'm going to say this instead. Yeah, go. Um, it's interesting looking at Zemo because he is very much a gray character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I enjoyed watching um, Sam and Bucky trying to deal with him. At the same time, Zemo's like, I am totally in charge right now. I know what to do. Here's some Turkish delight, children. <laughs> That's um, exactly what he was like. <laughs> right? It's so creepy. Uh, Very but narnia. he like he definitely was <laughs> that's, that's he was helping the good guys, but he also had his own agenda, which he absolutely followed every single chance that he got, which was really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I would like more Zemo and less Sharon Carter because I thought she was super dull. I would actually agree. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I've never really liked Sharon Carter. No, I mean she's fine. The actress is fine and everything. I but like her just, in other things. Yeah, but I just didn't like her in that. You will see more Zemo. Guarantee it. I, yeah. I bet he ends up on like a, some shadowy Dark Avengers team too. Well, uh, Ryan, any more thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh, I, I'm pleased with the series. I, it, it does what... Uh, I'm not a, a great historian of Captain America comics, mm-hmm. but Captain America has always been a comic that has addressed difficult uh, sociopolitical issues, and I'm glad that... They didn't shy away from it here. Um, they, they took a stance on things, and 
I appreciate that they did that within the uh, story of Captain America, and I'm interested to see going forward what that's going to look like. Um, I'm great with Sam being Captain America. Mm. I know both in the comics, both Sam and Bucky had been Captain America, and I was wondering if they were going to play in the series that one of them was going to try and claim the shield and who was going to get it, and I, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't play that art. Do a yeah. versus. I like I like the fact that it was pretty clear that it was Sam, and I love Sam as the as Captain America. It's one of the new modern storylines that I've from the uh, Marvel comics that I liked is is Captain Falcon. I just think that he's so cool, and Sam is a great character, great noble character. Yeah, yeah, I I'm totally down with that. Bucky needs a new name. Winter Soldier is play. He needs to be White Wolf or something. He's got to be something other than Winter Soldier. Well, they they've tossed out a couple times other things that he like what he was called in Wakanda and yeah. stuff like that. Where we can do that, but I'm sorry, merchandising and branding just makes it a lot easier to do Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's it's just old. So from yeah. what from what you guys are saying, especially you, Ryan, um, it sounds like there's probably some interesting stuff in here uh, for me to to go back and try to watch again. It sounds like. The, the, the subtext, and I mean, let's be honest. This is a Disney show. It's the text. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is uh, it, it might be more interesting than what was going on in Wandavision, but the packaging was so bland that I couldn't put it. I I, I couldn't put it away. Like I couldn't uh, eat it. To yeah. use Ken's analogy, going back to the food, I couldn't eat it. It was so bland. Even though there might have been some interesting things going on. On the other hand, you've got Wandavision, where there's very little interesting going on story-wise not nothing but little uh but the packaging was so delightful that i i I just kept consuming it now we go to loki which is this is our dessert course right and it's kind of a it's like three desserts but so but now we're we're getting into we're combining the two things there's a lot of story there's a lot of interesting stuff going on um in a very interesting and well put together package but we're entering now that we're talking about loki this is where i texted ryan like after the first episode i texted ryan and said we are now in the lol nothing matters phase of the mcu and i hate it i hate that Uh-oh. but i like i like the show like uh, you know in a vacuum anyway let's do a recap and then we'll then we'll get into my my remember good goods and bads yeah. remember how much i love time travel anyway so sorry my friend all right, to borrow a line from Peter Quill, if Wanda is the something bad and Sam is the something good, Loki's the bit of both. Uh, following pre-redemption, pre-neck-snapped Loki, who manages to escape his fate by way of stolen Space Stone in Avengers Endgame, Loki's immediately offered both redemption and a job by the Time Variance Authority, the shadowy organization that's self-charged with protecting the one true timeline and purging all the rest. They need his help to track down a Loki variant who's causing all sorts of may- mayhem. Weird sexual tension ensues. Shocker, they discover that the TVA is not the kind and benevolent organization that it seems, and all three alien lizard men calling the shots are just a smokescreen for this new big bad of Phase 4. He gives Loki and girl Loki a choice. Take uh, his place and preserve the sacred timeline, or kill him and blow it all the heck up. Well, you know the rest. Uh, new hero count. Take your pick. I mean, there's really, there's no number at this point. The only one that really matters is the total non-surprise introduction of Kang the Conqueror, He's going to be the bad guy of, of all of Phase 4, and it was kind of foregone a long time ago. So uh, that's that. Uh, nine to 12 episodes of a plot stretched into 21 episodes of three shows. That's what you get. Okay. Actually, I liked it a lot. I liked I like these condensed six to nine episode seasons, yeah. as opposed to like the 24 stretched out, you know, how are we going to fill these? 
uh, episodes yeah, yeah. one at a time. These condensed, uh, these condensed seasons are fantastic. Tell your story and get out. Yep. Yeah, longer than a movie, so you get more depth. Shorter than a season, so you don't have all this filler crap. Oh, yeah. This is the way to do it. So, yeah, this one was kind of the opposite of WandaVision for me, where I started out so excited and kind of went downhill, and by the end I was like, meh, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, this one, I was pretty angry at it in the first episode, and then by the end of it, I was like, this is wonderful, and yeah. I love it. Uh, I love Loki. I love this show uh, on its own, out of context. The problem is... In that first episode, the problem for me, the problem for me in, in the first episode opinion. is the moment when somebody at the TVA, which, by the way, I cannot hear without hearing Tennessee, Tennessee Valley Authority. Yep. That's I all start I start singing the of. song. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, whatever. I, I just have New Deal history on my mind, I guess. Whatever. So that's all <laughs> I can hear when I hear TVA. But somebody at the TVA opens up his desk drawer mm-hmm. and it's just full of infinity stones. Right. And uh, and what's his name? Uh, Owen Wilson is like, oh, yeah, we, yeah, some of the guys use them as paperweights. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, I just. Tom Hiddleston, Loki's face right <sighs> there. It's <laughs> it's heartbreaking for a guy who still is in the mindset of all I want is an infinity stone so I can rule the world. And there they are. Just take one. His whole life's work is just. Yeah, I, I don't I don't care about Loki's reaction to it because okay. I had my oops, I had my own reaction to it, which was, wait a minute. 12 years I invested in this. 12 <laughs> years of my life I invested in caring about the pursuit of these infinity stones and, and how much power they, they give people and, you know, it's the ultimate power in the universe. But, uh, you know, it's like Qui-Gon Jinn says, right? There's always a bigger fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this was just, oh, so LOL, nothing mattered. Nothing you watched for the last 12 years matters because these things are paperweights. And we can go and yank anybody out of any timeline at any moment for any reason, and nothing matters. This Ryan, is... respond. Oh, fine. You respond. Um, your argument of we can pull someone out of any timeline at any point and nothing matters, I can agree with that because that's the whole premise of what the villain did. Uh, he literally just condensed all timelines, everything, into just a single controlled uh, universe. As for none of it mattering, I disagree with that um, because it is inside this bubble that they don't matter. You take one of those Infinity Stones, Loki pockets one of those, walks off, uh, goes through the door into a world, and all of a sudden those Infinity Stones matter. No, right up until he does that, and then they just go and, and fetch him and bring him back into the TVA bubble. Yep. So, LOL, nothing matters. E- mm. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, how does this not, I, I, and I'm being serious here, how, how does this not bother you? How, how is it that you can spend so much time invested in a story and then somebody comes along and writes the continuation of that story and says, everything that came before here, it, it's like, um, you know, it was all ants and we're now dealing with elephants. You know, whatever analogy you want to, a better analogy you want to use, that's fine. Uh, but nothing nothing mattered and now we're now this matters because these are the ultimate powers in the universe right up until we've disposed of them and find out that they were just the pawns of something else right because that's inevitable that's what will happen right yeah how does how okay sorry back to my question how does this not bother you because i don't i don't view it like that i don't see it as the diminishment of prior of saying that those things didn't matter anything i'm looking at it in a new context like I said, it's 
we're inside of this context, inside with the TVA, uh, like I said, with the, the Infinity Stones, all these things, there is a, a new context with, through, through which to look, at it, through, to look at it. But in a matter of a few episodes, guess what? We've just broken all that anyway. Now the Infinity Stones are going to matter again. They're like, I, I don't feel like I have, I don't feel like they've destroyed all the work prior by simply saying, if you look at it through this lens here, that it's not, it's not what you originally saw. That's really, I really don't know how, but I need, I, yeah, I no, need more time to think about it, I guess. That's fine. I just, uh, as, a, as a viewer, I felt like somebody was clumsily trying to pull the rug out from under me, but really all it did was make me hit my head on the floor and piss me mm -hmm. off. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Megan, what do you think? Oh, no. <laughs> I had thoughts, and then I really started focusing on what Ryan was saying, and my thoughts are gone. That's um, it. He'll do that to you. No, it's nice. I I had a hard time getting into Loki. I was I think it was about halfway through the fourth episode, third, I don't know. The first two episodes, I was kind of bored. Um, and I think for me, it doesn't bother me, this big change, because... They they have this discussion a little bit in Endgame where, yes, with, um sorry, with the- Megan's brain has gone on Now I can't about. think of her name, with the Tilda Swinton character, and the she's talking one. with, thank you, and yeah. she's talking with Hulk about, um you know, this is what happened if you take the, it happens if you take the Infinity Stone. So this was not necessarily new information. um This was just an illustration of, and now we're actually going to remove the Infinity Stones, and we're going to make this multiverse, and we're actually going to see what happens and what a mess this is. And I'm just really excited to see how they eventually put it all back together or don't, but what becomes, what comes to all of these characters where, like, you, we had in that first episode where Loki sees what happened to the Loki in the true timeline. They see that, you know, he made his, he, you know, he let his, his mom died right after he told her that, you know, I don't care about you, which was a lie. And then he sees that he and Thor make peace peace with each other, and that the very last thing that that he the the recording doesn't wink out when Loki dies. It's when Thor picks up the body and is mourning dead Loki, and like Loki knows how much his brother loved him, and is like, oh, we had this, and he kind of because one of the things I struggled with in the series was I felt like this is the Loki right after the Battle of New York. I, I have I had a hard time believing that he would change his mindset and be like, I want to conquer everything to no, we should totally listen to this girl Loki and we should trust her. Because when President Loki showed up eventually, I was like, that's that's the Loki I kind of expected and I like in this. And yeah. so I, I struggled with the character development, but I'm also really curious to see where it all goes from here, which is probably what they meant to do. I, I don't know. I did find that interesting. That I mean, this is a guy who's been alive for like 1,500 years, and it took about 35 seconds for him to say, I'm a good person now because I saw myself die. And I, nothing, we, we've been conditioned for the last 10 years that nothing that Loki says you can take at face value. So I still am of the opinion that this Loki isn't truly a changed man, and he wants what's good for the good of the universe. But now all of a sudden we have a gazillion universes, and so maybe this one Loki does actually say that and go, oh, crap, this is a bigger deal. I, I will I, say, I, with, we'll the, see, the Loki, I, with the Loki arc, the, yeah. the face turn, we might say, mm -hmm. for all the wrestling fans The heel face there, turn, yeah. Um, his face turn was not out of nowhere. And right. I, I say this having watched The Dark World um, 48 hours ago, okay. less, uh, having just watched that one, I can see, okay, so they're they're laying the seeds for Loki to not be evil. 
So, right. Yeah, it was uh, so, a lot no, of fun it, for Loki to get to experience, experience himself on a grand scale where he's like, oh, my gosh, it is really annoying when you can never trust me ever. Like, yeah, literally, yeah. I'm never going to do what I say I'm going to do. And it just drove him nuts. And I'm like, ha, ha, so, yeah. now you so, know. Now we're, I think we should get to the central question of Loki, the series. The yeah. absolute number one, the thing that we all must uh, go deep within ourselves and within our psyches and consider. Would you date yourself? Nope. <laughs> that was, that was going to be the question. I watched this with 15-year-old uh, daughter of mine, and she said, that is so creepy. <laughs> that was her, her response. It's like, he fell in love with himself. That is wrong on so many levels. I'm like, yeah, not I, in, I not in multiverse myself, world, it's not. <laughs> I ran myself through one of those photo filters where it showed what I would look like as a man. I am not attractive. <laughs> yeah, right, not right, I hate to tell guy. you this, but nobody going from female to male looks attractive usually. It's okay, usually now, now we're hitting some hot-button political topics, Ryan. You take that back. Uh, now I know what you mean. Um, Ryan, would you date yourself? I probably wouldn't be a good candidate to date myself, but... Um, learning to care for yourself learning like the the undertext the the subtext of this arc uh tom hiddleston even jokingly threw it out in an in an interview before this all came out and everyone they played it back and went he was telling us the whole time what the storyline was he's like well first you need to learn to love yourself and so i'm like okay <laughs> with this storyline coming to grips and and learning to love a very capable version of yourself learning to see the best in yourself like, I'm looking at it through that lens here. I like all that. When it gets romantic, that's where it gets a little awkward for me. I'm like, I'm okay with it because they are different people. They are literally yeah. Yeah, they're, different universes. Right. Things. But if it's your core personality, like dating myself on the core personality thing, I, God, that's, the most, that's, that's probably the most needy pairing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as I, I, I loved that development in the story. I just thought it was so much fun. Um, and yeah, it just makes you go, wait a minute, would I date myself? Uh, but in the show, in the context of the show, like when, uh, you know, again, spoilers, blah, 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 they get to the, the end of the world or the, the place at the end of time, end of time yeah. um, where there's the, the smoke monster trying to, you know, from lost is right. eating everybody. Exactly. Um, it's all ABC and he meets dozens of other versions of Loki. Uh, and one of them is one that is just like him. Right. Yeah. So a lot of them are very different. There's boy Loki. There's classic Loki. There's alligator Loki. There, you know, there's yeah. weird stuff I going would, on. By the way, I would anyway, keep alligator let me, me as a pet. Let me finish. So we get to the version of himself that's very, very close to the one that we know. And, you know, obviously that does not go well. Um, they butt heads. But with, what's her name? Female Sylvie. Loki? Sylvie. So, Sylvie. Girl Sylvie. Sylvie. Girl yeah. Loki. Sylvie. Doesn't matter. Uh, with Sylvie, Sylvie, she, first of all, she is the female version, so that's already very different mm -hmm. from uh, from how he was born. Um, and then she went through wildly different experiences, you know, ripped out of her home and on the run her whole life. She has her own issues that are very different from regular Lokis. Uh, she has different powers. And, I mean, and, it's... and uh, like Ryan said, no, they're, yeah, they're, they exist in the same place on their separate timelines, but these are separate beings. Um, it didn't creep me out in the way that I think it creeped out a lot of people, um, but maybe that's just because I'm a narcissist. Ryan, respond. Wait, does that mean you would date yourself? <laughs> myself, like literally you. myself. If if my if I was cloned, mm 
Mm-hmm. No, I would burn that guy at the stake. Okay. Um, would you date girl you? Beard and all? <laughs> she Well, she would be very hot. Yeah, um, yeah she would. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I just thought it was I thought it was a fun storyline. Anyway, Ryan, yeah, am I just too narcissistic to find it creepy? No, not necessarily a narcissistic <laughs> thing, but uh, if, I guess I should say that if you're narcissistic on that, then I guess I am too because uh, just, it's like, I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't really think it's a great pairing, but I'm okay with it. Um, I actually liked it. I thought it was sweet. I thought like no, the casting was fantastic. Moments, the two of them together. She's, she's Sophie awesome. Sophie Martino is fantastic. That's what yeah. yeah no, that's they what were you mixed genius up together. Name. Yeah. What's yeah, her name why. on the show? Sylvie. Sylvie. Oh, what's her name in real life? Sophie DiMartino. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was she was fantastic. Sorry, go on. I don't know where I was going. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, that that was an inspired casting choice. And mm-hmm. this is one of the things that Marvel has been so good at for so many years. You take somebody who isn't a literal newcomer, you know, it's not um uh, who played Ray uh, in Star Daisy Wars. Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Yeah, it's not Daisy Ridley. You're not plucking somebody out of almost literal obscurity. Um, but they take somebody who has kind of proven their chops, but nobody knows who they are, and you yeah. put them in a role. Tom Hiddleston is a great example of this. Oh, yeah. Right? When he got cast as Loki, it was hardly his first gig, but it was definitely the first gig where the world was going to know who he was, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not casting Tom Cruise. You cast Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is another great example of that, where, she, yeah, she's worked, she's had projects, and she has fans, I'm sure, you know, people... Some people knew who she was, but the world at large had no idea. And she killed it. Killed it. Yeah. I thought once she was on the show, it like the show really took off for me. Oh, yeah. That's probably where I started caring about it more. Yeah. That makes sense. I was impressed with Ryan calling that it was going to be girl Loki, though. Yeah. uh, Sight unseen. Yeah. That was good job by you. Before it's episode. It's episode two two, that we find out. Yeah. Two or three, whatever it is that they finally reveal it when they showed the variant in the very first episode at the end in a hood and everything, I'm like, oh, it's a girl. Because there's absolutely no reason for you to hide that it's Tom Hiddleston if it's, if it's if supposed it's to be Tom, just him. Yeah. So it's a different actor, and you're trying to get a, go for a big reveal. It's going to be female Loki. I was like, I didn't feel like it was really that far out in left field to, to spot it. But yes, I did call it. Well, and she isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Like, she didn't die at the end, so she's going to oh, be no. she's... coming in no, and out. No, they got to of... fight all of the King of the Conquerors that are coming now. And we do have season two. Including the one that they killed. Oh, yeah, season two. So. <laughs> so, gonna... We didn't really get to Black Widow. Um, we did. But do uh, do so... we need to tell people, like, do you think... Would you recommend people watch Black Widow and then the end scene of Black Widow before... Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or would you watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier first to get the context of it? It was of, supposed. Oh, this is who this character is because Black Widow was supposed to come out last year. Kevin Feige actually said that the only thing that COVID ruined in the timeline, wi- timeline wise in the stories was that there was a re- uh, a reveal in um, Black Widow that would have then been an Easter egg for, or an Easter egg in that that would have been then. In Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we oh, now okay. know that is that's Easter egg. Um, the Countess, the, scene. the okay. and honestly, it doesn't yeah, really I, matter I which. Since I didn't finish Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I had no idea. It it doesn't was. matter which direction you see it in. I, Black Widow is set before Falcon and the Winter Soldier anyway, so it it takes a little bit of creative. Oh yeah, this goes here and this goes here, but it doesn't. But yeah, somebody did know. ask me if Black Widow spoils anything. She's like, I'm not caught up on the last couple of Marvel movies, and I was like. It does spoil Endgame if you watch the end credits, but otherwise you're good to go. But I will say, if you want to know about timing of watching these series, WandaVision 
and Loki occur at the exact same time. Yes. Right. Literally, I think it's minute 27 and 30 seconds in both of those series, uh, the end episodes of each one. Yes. That's when uh, Wanda becomes Scarlet Witch at 2730. And that's the moment that That Kang Kang says, or he who is left behind, turns around and says, I don't know past this point. Because she's the one who creates the hex event right. that separates and the he nexus, doesn't, yeah, yeah, the nexus event. That's what it so is. So cool. Yeah, okay. that, I thought that I was pretty that. clever, and I, I'm sure that was planned. Did you see the one about the countess and the TV? And never mind. I don't want to even get yeah, into we, this. Yeah, so we're ridiculous. out of time. Sounds we're like the time. beginning of a terrible oh, joke. It's t- no, it's not a joke. It's a fan theory, but it's ridiculous. Okay, not even worth talking about. Um, yeah, Black Widow. I don't know if there's much to get into on Black Widow. Florence, it introduces Florence Pugh is uh, a revelation. Um, David Harbour is fantastic yep. in one of the blandest Marvel movies I've ever seen. Yeah. So. Theoretically, they say that it introduces the very first mutant in the MCU because that guy, he arm wrestles in the prison, but oh, eh, okay. oh. I think this movie is, unfortunately, if this movie was affected by COVID and more than just date, it would have, we would be having different conversations about it if it had come out when it was supposed to come out. Yeah. Hmm. It was a charming little ode to... Scarlet or to Black Widow. I'm glad Natasha. you got. Yeah, I'm glad you got a movie. That was, Scarlett Johansson is uh, obviously very talented, and she's also uh, beautiful to the point of distraction. It's mm-hmm. kind of difficult to focus on the movie sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. if yeah, I'm yeah. being honest. But uh, it, that's all. That's all it is. It's a nice little. Let's pour one out for our homies. You oh, know, type thing. Speaking. Of, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Speaking of pouring one out, can we pour one out for the wasted casting of Olga Kirilenko? Oh jeez! Was uh, she was under under the mask? She was uh, Taskmaster, and sure, yeah. I I just I love her. She's done some she's done some stinkers, but she's done some really really good project projects. She's fantastically talented, and I was very disappointed that she did. She even have any lines? No, she was so. no. She was basically a robot. Yeah, she's was, not gone though. Yeah. Nobody's ever really gone. She could show up but at, not again even at like, some point. Not even like the like she was No, she gets taken with with the other liberated black widows. The, uh, Does she? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Well so I, I hope she's back. I, I really hope she's back and I hope that she gets more to do later because anything to do would be nice. I mean <laughs> anything is possible in the multiverse of madness. No one's ever really gone. Okay. Nerd. So yeah. shall we call it there? Ryan, you feeling you feeling okay? You feeling satisfied? You look like you honestly, you look like you want to throw something, and I'm no. not sure why. No, I'm. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how I. I enjoyed these. I feel like they're good, but I. I don't know. I'm trying to really uh, figure out what I feel because I feel like there's a lot of good to be talked about with all these series, and. And I complain too much. No, not. We're we're picking. We do pick them apart, and there is, there are legitimate criticisms to be had, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've, especially lately, I've come into more of the idea of trying to celebrate the the good things that were done. Like Black Widow, for example, while quite, while pretty predictable, pretty straightforward things of like that. You know what? They shot that movie in fantastic way to showcase how to do a female superhero without male gaze through the, through the lens. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Most of the time. There, there were a couple of shots in that movie where I was well, like, but it, seriously, it, it, guys? It didn't seriously? end up in her getting married because so many There's stories that. about women are like, no, no, there has to be a romance or women won't come to see it. No, no, no. There yeah, didn't have to be one. Yeah. It was awesome. It was kind of a... I, like I kind of love those movies where the woman doesn't end up with like a boyfriend at the end. Like, ah, yeah, that doesn't... That's not her whole story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Was, that was never her it's story. It's a movie that was done... It showcased another way to do this type of film and... 
I think it's funny. This is a totally random point. Uh, the weekend after it came out, everyone was like, "This is the this movie is doing the best at the box office." That, <laughs> that you know anything post COVID, it made like eighty million here and sixty million on streaming. You know, it's doing great. And then it took a huge dive the following week, dropped to twenty three million. Yeah, because it's no good. And everyone, that's immediately the response is that, "Oh, the movie's garbage." And I'm like, "What?" Or we saw it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And there we are a lot of things it. coming out this week. It's, I don't know. I don't know. No, 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 <laughs> no. Because how many Marvel movies had, what was it, a 68% drop week over week, one uh, from week one to week two? Yeah. Like that is not normal for Marvel. This was a very poorly performing Marvel movie. And so you can make all the arguments about, you know, whatever you're No Marvel say. movie has ever been available on streaming for your purchase. Okay. Oh, that's true. Because you just pay for it once, and then you can watch it as many times as you want. Streaming had part of what to do with it, but it made sixty million streaming and eighty million in the movie theaters. Yeah, we're still working on getting back to movie theaters, and I'm, I'm sorry, that's going to affect the drop off. Maybe not sixty three percent or whatever it is, but the fact is that I can see it once, pay for it once at home, and watch it as many times as I want. It kills the revenue of those people coming back week two, week three. It kills a lot of that. Like that's going to be a thing. I think it was more that people went and saw it once and didn't need to go back and see it again. I think that streaming is a large. I'm not going to say it's a masterpiece that everyone wanted to rush back to, but I don't think it's because it's a garbage movie that didn't that people I, like. Nobody no, said it was a garbage movie. It's just boring. You I thought you said it was a bad implied movie. It. Just a minute ago. It's boring. <laughs> it's I, bland. It's okay. boring. It's the kind of movie that I was like, I must see this on the giant screen. Yeah. I saw it once, and now I can wait until it's free on my Disney Plus. I don't need to pay the thirty bucks for it. It'll be there eventually, and I can wait that long. Yeah, well, the so. streaming discussion is is one for another day. Uh, so, anyway, gosh, I said we were out of time ten minutes ago. We're definitely out of time now. So, lots of Marvel stuff coming up later. Yeah, there's more stuff coming up. Boy, all right, what a what a weird discussion we just had. I hope people enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for listening, and if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. Uh, go subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. Like, subscribe, all the YouTube stuff. Um, things. And uh, yeah, go visit us on Patreon. Visit us at thelegendarium.com and uh, chat with us on Discord. So with that, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Such a poser. You can get that out.